I'm Cindy Brannon, and I'm going to be talking about Hecate's triplicities. Hecate is often featured as a three-formed goddess, and you may already be familiar with beautiful images such as this one that Mary Martinez created exclusively for keeping her keys um, that portray Hecate either as having three distinct embodiments, three heads, sometimes these are animal heads even, uh, sometimes these triplicities are demonstrating various aspects of Hecate, and I would say more often they are demonstrating Hecate's deep association with different goddesses. And let's just start by lifting up what is meant um, by different goddesses and different faces of the goddess in my teachings. So in my teachings, Hecate is the embodiment of anima mundi, the very essence of the world. And anima refers to the primordial feminine force, whereas animus refers to the primordial masculine force. The world is birthed through anima and balanced through animus in uh, psychological terms. So the two are interdependent. Uh, it's a very cyclic relationship. My teaching, I tend to focus again on Hecate as anima, the supreme representation of the divine, sacred, feminine force. And Hecate as this primordial force, as anima mundi, as the ancient philosophers portrayed her, within that river, that energy stream, she brings with her different faces. Now we can experience these faces through her many epithets, and I do have classes available that you can find um, on the Keeping Her Keys YouTube, or if you're in the Keeping Her Keys coven, you'll find them as well on Epitheticaea, which is the, the use of these different aspects or archetypes, these energy currents that emanate from Hecate as Anima Mundi. What I'm going to be talking about today is her three-formed self in conjunction to uh, different goddesses. Specifically, I'm going to feature three triplicities um, that come to us from antiquity and that in my observations and analysis of contemporary uh, practitioners and seekers of Hecate in the deeper world, that these goddesses often uh, become part of the dreamscape and the visionary scape, you know, the imagination and so on. So the three triplicities I'm going to focus on are Hecate with her daughters of Circe and Medea, which I write about uh, in my book, Entering Hecate's Garden. The triplicity of Hecate, Persephone, and Demeter, which I've, I've written some articles on um, Persephone and Demeter, and I also have an article on keepingherkeys.com slash read on uh, Hecatean relationships that might be helpful uh, to, to go deeper with this video if you want to do that. And then the third triplicity is Hecate, Artemis, and Selene. So I thought we would 
have this discussion on these three triplicities, and then I'm going to uh, direct you to a meditation that goes deeper into these triplicities um, through a journey deep into Hecate's garden, where you will gather around her well to drink the magic medicine and mystery, another triplicity of uh, Hecate and these goddesses. So let's begin by discussing Hecate and her daughters. So through mythology, we learn about these different stories of Cersei and Medea and how they all intersect with Hecate. And in some of the myths, we do see Medea and Cersei portrayed as her literal daughters, as literal as a myth can ever be. Uh, if we unpack that, and if you read in Entering Hecate's Garden, I discuss a lot about how they are her spiritual daughters. How Hecate as this ancient primordial goddess, you know, that's descended from sort of earlier all-mother goddess figures in, you know, ancient writings, that she was deeply associated with magic and the night the land, bounty, um, and also harm. She really was this all-encompassing goddess that was darkness and light and the balance in between. So there is that triplicity kind of embedded in, uh, you know, the, the most ancient and also the most intimate understandings of Hecate. And that these daughters of hers carried that DNA with them. So Cersei was very connected to the magic of the green world and Pharmakeia, as was Medea. And it's really this triplicity that gets at the heart of the practice of Hecatean witchcraft as a deeply archetypal, psychological, and spiritual path. And Circe and Medea symbolize the power of the green world, the power of plant spirits uh, for both blessing and bane and the balance in between. So that really gets at the heart of this triplicity, you know, that we can be those who bring blessing and we can bring be those who bring harm. We are light and dark and we are all the spaces in between. And in the book, I write about Circe as the Regina Pharmakeia, queen of plant spirit witchcraft. And I write about Medea as Regina Veneficarum, which is a bit of a, a play on history, uh, and as the queen of poison. And we can look to those stories and our personal experiences of these daughters of Hecate to really understand our own connection to the natural world um, and also to understand uh, poison, that poison is that which heals. You know, we are wounded and we heal. So that is the first triplicity. And uh, I have lessons in the Keeping Your Keys Coven of Hec Hecate Network that you can go deeper and you can certainly read Entering Hecate's Garden to go deeper into that triplicity. So that is a triplicity that really represents um, magic. You know, the casting of spells, those projections out into the world of what we are manifesting, what we desire. 
The second triplicity I want to talk about is one that I'm going to label as a uh, triplicity of medicine, which is the triplicity of Persephone, Demeter, and Hecate. And you may be familiar with the mythology around Persephone. In popular culture, we often see Persephone story very truncated, that we get Persephone as what's known as Kore, the maiden who is abducted by Hades against her will. Demeter kind of loses her mind and laments this whole situation. Hecate steps in as divine mediator to help to negotiate a deal. Persephone uh, becomes queen of the underworld and is very much a goddess of adaptation and rising above in terms of what she symbolizes. She doesn't just stop at being the broken-hearted maiden, and Demeter doesn't just stop at being the broken-hearted mother, and Hecate's role continues as this mediator who guides and counsels and supports them as Persephone makes her annual migration to and from the underworld. And when we look into the mythology of this triplicity, we really learn so much about our own witch's journey, our own journey through darkness to wholeness. And I'm, you know, I'm, ex I'm teaching a new course that is called Lampadios that's going to be starting soon that's very much about this journey and really getting into the medicine of this, the archetypal story of Persephone, Demeter, and Hecate. When we think about, from a psychological lens, what the story of Hecate, Demeter, and Persephone, what that means to us, what medicine is there for us to, to, to be nourished by, it is that Demeter, in a sense, represents the outer self. You know, the ego, the persona, and so on that we project out into the world. And Persephone is about the inner self, the underworld self. And when we are just lamenting and being, you know, like this can't be happening, this is horrible, uh, that, you know, when Demeter first started that journey, there was no leaning into the suffering. But Persephone ultimately leans into the suffering. And Hecate as Lampadios, the torchbearer, helped to negotiate the terms of Persephone's uh, reign over the underworld, her alliance with the dark god, the very, you know, the animus within. If we think back to the start of the video when I talked about Hecate as anima mundi, Hades, or Pluto, as he's also called, represents um, the anima the animus within. So we have Hecate as anima, and then in this mythology, Hades as animus, the, the darkness, the dark masculine energy that is within all of us. So that's his role is to say there are these parts of us that we don't want to confront, we want to avoid, and we can feel very abducted by these, our shadow self. Um, but as we go into the shadow realm, 
we learn to make peace with it and we learn to lean into it. And like Persephone, we be, literally become the queen of what once was our internal hell is now actually, you know, it's the bones and blood that we build our throne upon. So that is the triplicity of medicine, Hecate, Persephone, and Demeter. Now I'm going to finish this talk just focusing a little bit on the triplicity of mystery. So we have this other triplicity that's often portrayed in historical records of Hecate, Artemis, and Selene. Uh, Artemis sometimes may be less familiar to you. To the Romans, she became Diana, and you may be more familiar with her as the, the goddess named Diana. Selene became Luna, and she's also known as Mene. So we have these, this triplicity, this three-formed goddess, uh, going across time and different cultures. And there is a lot of merging of Hecate and Artemis in the historical records. So it's a really fascinating exploration of how in different areas within the ancient Mediterranean and the Near East, that Hecate and Artemis were understood in very similar ways. We might have an understanding of Artemis Diana today as a goddess of the hunt. Um, and more of, again, like if we think back to the Kore Persephone, more of a truncated way. But there is such a deep history of Artemis and her connections to Hecate. And if you're in the coven, I have a lesson on Artemis. And uh, if you just want to read a blog, I have a, a really long blog that's a lesson in and of itself um, on the keepingyourkeys.com website as well. So you can dive in to Artemis energy. And Artemis in mythology was Apollo's twin. And Artemis was associated with the moon and Apollo the sun. So we have a different version of uh, Animus here in kind of like hovering around this triplicity of the Helios vibe. So we have the triplicity of medicine, which is the darkness. And we have the triplicity of mystery, where there is a solar kind of uh, astrological, celestial, starry road element, not beyond the moon to the sun. And it's interesting to just pause here for a moment to lift that up, that in a lot of the ancient writings, whether it's philosophy or religious practices, that the sacred feminine, um, in terms of the, the cultures I'm talking about, the sacred feminine embodied as Hecate, Artemis, and Selene, was associated with the moon and the, the masculine energy was associated with the sun. So the moon was seen, again, more as like the anima mundi that permitted life on earth, whereas the sun was like this, this father god of the cosmos. And again, it's the anima and animus coming together in a way that is interdependent and cyclical. So we have that little bit you know, the, the solar vibe when we go into the mysteries too, the, the deeper the starry energy that is this greater expansive cosmos, whereas the moon is more intimate. And we see this, of course, reflected in astrology as well, where our sun sign in popular astrology is very much about our, 
uh, outward projection. So again, we're getting back into that Demeter aspect, right? The outward projection, the sun sign projection. So that's that energy. But this triplicity is really about the lunar energy, the mysteries within. And we see that when we look at our moon sign too. It's very much about our inner life. It's very much about the journey inward to discover our own mysteries. Selene in the ancient mythology was the embodiment of the moon itself. And there are some beautiful stories uh, from the historical records about, you know, Hecate's cave and that the moon kind of ascends from this cave. And symbolically, this cave is the very center of the world. So the the world, the planet Earth, uh, births the moon every night at sundown to watch over and protect us and symbolizes Hecate's torches in this way. And then the moon descends back into the cave, the cauldron, the very core of the planet, the, you know, before the sun rises at sunrise, and then it's repeated. And that this was Selene's trek, much like Helios's trek did the same, similar thing with the sun. And it's interesting that, you know, like uh, in, in terms of planetary science, that there is this theory that that is the moon indeed did kind of emerge, actually break off of the planet. So we see this beautiful mirroring um, that the moon really is of the earth and makes life on earth possible that without the moon, there would be no life, that the sun is necessary but without the moon, things could not be as they are. So that is very much about the mystery of the moon. You know, that the moon's origins, even though we might have theories from science, it really ha harkens to this very mystical association uh, between us as inhabitants of this planet and the moon. And that it is very much about going into the darkness and finding our own inner wisdom and finding that energy within us, the sacredness within us, for that is the greatest mystery of all, is that we are not separate from the goddesses. We are indeed uh, the embodiment of anima mundi, also animus, um, and that as we go inward, as that moon shines, you know, those nights when we spend time under the moon contemplating Hecate as a goddess of the moon, as the progenitor of the moon, um, and Artemis as the wild one who, you know, works her mysteries and does her hunting and searching for the mystery um, under the moonlight and Selene, who is the moon herself. So those are three, uh, I would say those are the three most common triplicities of Hecate that come to us from ancient mythology and history and imagery and so on. There are certain, certainly many other triplicities that Hecate is featured as part of uh, in the in records from antiquity. Now, in modern senses, we, there is this kind of neo-pagan triplicity that Hecate is often pictured as the crone, so that there is a maiden, that there is a mother, that there is a crone. 
So if we layer, uh, you know, the triplicity of Persephone, Demeter, and Hecate on the main mother crone model, you can see how that if we just have like these really kind of shallow understandings of all three goddesses, you could see, you know, if we knew like 1% of their mythology and we didn't have any personal experiences of them, that we might say, oh yeah, so Persephone is the maiden and Demeter is the mother and Hecate is the crone, the wise woman. But when we expand our field of vision, both through our sacred imagination, so we can get into the dreams and the visions and the knowings and such, and also when we study the mythology, how others have envisioned and experienced these goddesses, we see that this this maiden-mother-crone cycle really is a denouncement of the, the beautiful breadth and depth of each of these goddesses to, you know, it's so reductive, right? And when, and it's also reduces within us how we can understand our own complexities, that we can be simultaneously maiden, mother, and crone. And that, you know, we may be at the maiden stage of our lives, but very wise-like and crone-like in other areas. So, using that triplicity can be really helpful as long as we don't see it in this kind of, you know, almost like, you know, if you're looking through something like this, all you can kind of see, like if you've got this telescope, all you're going to see is straight ahead. Um, but really, we want to expand that so we can see the whole uh, beautiful landscape that these goddesses inhabit and I you know I just my hope is that you'll sit with these triplicities and explore them how they present in your own self and how they appear in your visions and dreams um, let them you know do some sacred drawing if you're an artist just allow that which is within you already because the forces of these goddesses their mythologies inhabit you already and it is a beautiful process of unfolding to these triplicities within and connecting to them as deeper goddesses that represent uh the many some of the many faces of hecatea's anima mundi So now let's transition to the meditation part of this podcast episode. What I'm going to be leading you through is a spiritual imaginative journey deep into Hecate's garden where you can experience these triplicities and, you know, drink from their energy. You don't need to do any special preparations. If you like, you can set up an altar to help you go deeper into these energies. Maybe images of the goddesses that I've discussed, Hecate and uh, the other six goddesses, which makes a sacred seven. For those of you who are students of the sacred seven or who've read uh, my book, True Magic, 
you can see we're creating a sacred seven here. We're working with those archetypes in this way. Or you can have a candle. I really recommend that a candle, uh, some kind of focal point that can help you just soften your gaze and just to unfold these goddesses within you and to really drink from their well. Since we are working with the element of water, uh, having your own sacred vessel, a bowl of water nearby, that you can use throughout the meditation may be helpful. Making moon water is always quite fabulous. If you're in the coven, uh, there are some, there's a lesson on moon water and you can use that. But really moon water is just take some good pure water, not, you know, not uh, chemically treated water. So get some pure water, let it, uh, sit under the the full moon would be lovely for this meditation a full moon water and just let it sit for a few days and then you can bring it in the house i always keep a vessel on the go outside um, and you can certainly do that and it'll just like absorb the whole cycles of the moon and have like a complete cycle in your moon water uh, but you can just use pure water you know good spring water if you can get it or uh, if you have a source of good clean lake water or ocean water, I love ocean water for this meditation because it really hearkens up those depths that we're getting into in this meditation. So that's about it. You need to be comfortable. So wear comfy clothes. Uh, you can lay down, sit down, whatever works for you. Now that you're comfortable, I want you to begin by uncrossing any physical points in your body, ankles, knees, if you've got your leg tucked under, we are leg tucker unders, um, your arms, just uncross all of those. Put your feet on the ground in a relaxed position. If you're laying down, just give your legs a stretch right down into your heels so the heels enter your field of awareness. Rest the hands comfortably at your side or if you're sitting on your lap, just allowing them to rest. And now just close your eyes, beginning the process of going in deeper and just begin the process of relaxing into your deeper self the gentle awakening of the soul Becoming aware of the breath now. Getting deeper into the breath. Breathing in, breathing in all the way to your root that lives behind your sitting bones. Feeling that energy awaken and allowing it to stretch These beautiful roots, your intuition, 
your emotions, the connection to the earth, to the cave, to the depths, allowing the roots just to unfold, stretching into the earth, releasing all tension and distress down through them into the earth. You're tethered and grounded. Physical self is safe and secure as you journey into the world of spirit. Now let's bring the breath to the heart center, that interface between our inner life and the external one, the energy of creativity and growth, the expansive heart, the pure love, and perfect trust energy. Allow that to unfold here at the heart center. Receiving the energy I'm transmitting to you as you listen. Coming together. Now let's stretch further up, up into the mind where we access the spirit world going into the mystical, again using the breath to just allow the release of the tension, distractions, and so on in the mind. The heart is cleansed, the mind is cleansed, the root is cleansed, all going down into the earth. Now returning to the mind again, see the door of the spirit world. The deeper mind, the third eye, we sometimes see it. Opening and going deeper into that space, traversing the door. Now I'm waiting for you here on the other side of the door and I'll guide you through Hecate's garden to the well so you can drink of the energy of Hecate and these goddesses, the three triplicities. Stepping now through the door, you see a path, begin walking counting the stones one two three four five six seven looking ahead now you see the beauty of the garden all around you in the night sky eight nine the moon is glowing and welcome and there are torches lighting your way. 10, 11, 12, and 13. Breathing here, breathing the beautiful fragrant night air, feeling the frisson of the goddess of Hecate and her companions all around.
Looking ahead, now you see the well. This center point of Hecate's garden awaits. Stepping now to the well, studying it. You see a vessel just for you, perhaps a bowl, perhaps a cup. It is your unique vessel for drinking from the well. So notice its appearance. It will present to you exactly as you need to see it. Now take your vessel and scoop up some water from the well. Taking your vessel, sit down and hold your vessel and begin to study your image in the water of your vessel. Slowly now, your vision of yourself starts to transform the energy of Hecate, Trimorphus, Triformis, the three-formed transforming goddess begins to appear, allowing her to come to you as she wills it. energy of the water becomes magical and charged as Hecate moors, revealing her daughters of Circe and Medea. You explore their images, taking note of what comes to you. Hecate starts to fade, leaving her daughters and their magic, reflecting in your own face now, your own magic. As they slowly dissipate, leaving their magic. Hecate starts to come back, bringing with her this time the triplicity of medicine. Persephone appears alongside Hecate and Demeter appears. The night, the light, and the space in between the torches in the night that is Hecate. This is the medicine of wholeness, the journey within, the rectification with your outer self, 
with your inner self, guided by Hecate's torches. Hecate's image starts to fade from your vessel now, leaving Persephone and Demeter. And now their images start to fade as well as the water becomes charged with magic and medicine. And Hecate comes back this time as the mystery. Bringing with her wild Artemis and the moon Selene. The full moon, the waxing moon, the waning moon, and the darkness. This is the mystery, the depths. Going deeper into these keys of Hecate as she brings them with Artemis and Selene. Hecate remains in the center of the vessel with Artemis and Selene and now Persephone and Demeter come back and they're joined by Circe and Medea in a circle around Hecate. You see them all reflected in this water of Hecate's well. And you see your own image again, merging and blending with these goddesses. And now taking your vessel, drink from it, being deeply nourished by the magic, medicine, and mystery. Drinking deep. Now setting down your vessel. Breathing in the nourishment. And now bathe in your vessel. Perhaps you pour your vessel over your head and allow this beautiful magic medicine and mystery to cascade over you. Perhaps you put your hands in and splash a little, however works for you. Beautiful. This is the water from Hecate's well, 
giving you the magic medicine and mystery, awakening it, unfolding it within you, transforming you as the triple goddess does. Now it's time to take your leave from the well, knowing you know the way here now and you can return whenever you want to. Setting down your vessel, walking those steps back, counting down 13, 12, 11, pausing for a moment, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Coming back now to the door, back into yourself, your physical form. Stepping through the door and closing it behind you. Breathing in here deeply. Relaxing the mind, allowing it to drink the medicine and magic and mystery, being nourished in the mind, being nourished in the heart, and being nourished in the root. Relaxing the root now and relaxing the heart. Pausing here to experience this feeling of calm awareness, of deep, deep nourishment and heightened unfolding. Breathing yourself back into your physical existence. Opening your eyes and coming back with a smile. Welcome back from the journey to Hecate's well. The well, of course, symbolizes the entrance to the deeper self. It is the entrance to the womb. The waters of Hecate's well come from her cauldron in the depths of her cave. And in a sense, the drinking from her well marks the beginning of the journey into her cave. It is the beginning of the unleashment of all that has confined us falsely and bound us into ourselves. 
It is the process of becoming unleashed, uncontrolled, uncontrollable by forces that would limit our power, forces that don't want us to heal, forces that speak to us that there is no journey into the cave for wholeness. It is all these things that are false, that are removed when we quench the thirst of the soul through the magic, medicine, and mystery of Hecate's well. You most likely will experience dreams, visions, imaginations. There may be synchronicities where you find keys, images of the well, and so on in the coming days and weeks. Pay attention to those. Avoid seeking too much attention. Just allow the images to come to you. A really beautiful follow-up is to do a tarot reading uh, of these goddesses in a circular form representing the well with Hecate at the center and then drawing a card for each goddess around um, Hecate. And you can begin, you know, go Circe, Medea, Persephone, Demeter, Artemis, Selene, and come full circle with drawing the Hecate card because that is the deepest wisdom last. Um, and feel free if you're in the coven to share this reading. I'll put up a bit more about it as well. So thank you so much for trusting me to uh, teach you a little bit about Hecate's triplicities, Hecate and the three-formed goddess, and guiding you through this meditation. <laughs> <laughs>